This is the On the Vanguard podcast with your host, Daniel Takoda. Join us now as we explore the truths of God's Word and take our place on the front line of His army. I have always been a huge fan of C.S. Lewis's works, The Chronicles of Narnia. All seven books I have read multiple times. I still read them even now. I'm, you know, 44 years old. I still love reading the Chronicles of Narnia. I still wish that I could get to this magical place through my closet, just like the kids did in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. But what I love most is how I can relate to some of these characters and how I can find other people in these characters as well. Specifically, I look at the character of Edmund in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and I can relate so well to him. How he was a brat and, and how Aslan, representing Christ, came and, and laid down his life not only for Edmund but for all the people and then came back to life. You look through the, the, the whole series there, you find Aslan, the, the only character who is in all the books, and you find him doing the, the things that we read about of God doing. We find that in the first book, The Magician's Nephew, here he is, he's creating the world, he's singing, and the creation is being birthed, Narnia is being birthed, so much so that it resembles how in Genesis God spoke and things came. God spoke light and light came. God spoke land and land came. And it's the same type thing. And I, I encourage you, if you've never read the books, please take time. They're, they're easy to read. They, they're simple. They, you can breeze right through them. But read the books and, and see for yourself. You can see God in every one of these books. You can see how Aslan does the things of God, therefore making him a great representation. Now, for me, the book that stands out the most, the book that I love the most, is probably one of the lesser-known ones in the seven-book series, and that's the boy and his ho- the horse and his boy. And I love how we have this character, his name is Shasta, who doesn't really know who he is, doesn't really know where he fits in, but he's given this opportunity from a talking horse to go to Narnia. The horse had, has come from there. He was kidnapped as a young horse, and his whole mission is to go back to Narnia because that's where the free horses are. And, and, and he works with the boy, and he says, look, I need you just as much as you need me. If I go as a horse on my own, they're going to say, oh, look, there's a, a, a horse wandering about. We'll take him with us. So he's not going to get very far. And the boy, well, if he begins to walk, he's not going to get very far either. You know, they're, they're quite a distance from Narnia at the time. But if they work together, they can get there. And along the way, they run into a little bit of trouble. They have some lions to deal with. They have, uh, there's a part where he is alone in the catacombs area. And, and, and there is all these other animals in the background making noise. And, and he's protected by a, a little kitten that becomes a lion, that becomes a kitten again. And we find that throughout the book, there's these instances that the boy is looking at as being such an unfortunate, unlucky thing. And his whole life is just, he, he defines his life as a series of unlucky events. But he's on the road one night by himself. 
his talking horse is is not with him. He's by himself. The the people that he has come to warn about a, a coming war have gone off without him because they were trained horse horsemen and and he wasn't. He didn't know how to move the horse. Didn't know how to get anywhere. And he's alone. And he begins to hear noises. And he asks, who are you? And the answer that comes from the lion is one who has waited long for you to speak. I love this phrase because as we continue to go on and, we, and you continue to read in this passage here, it begins to make a little more sense. The lion says, tell me your struggles. Tell me your sorrows. And the boy unwinds his laundry list of everything that has gone wrong. And he says, well, man, I was, I was chased by lions. I found out that the guy that I had called father wasn't really my father. I was left alone with the tombs in the tombs. My friends didn't come when I needed them to come. I've been traveling, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. My horse, my hurt, my horse was injured. And I've come all this way and I've warned the people. And here I am and I'm left alone. I consider myself to be a very unlucky person. And the voice of the lion says, I do not call you unfortunate. Well, the boy says, what, what do you mean? I just told you everything that's happened. And, and the lion puts in place for him, puts in perspective all these things. And he says, look, I was the one. I was the lion first off. There wasn't many lions. There was just me. I was the lion who helped you to, to get together with, with your traveling companions. I was the lion who protected you when you were there by the tombs and I was the lion who who gave your horse a little bit more strength by 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 scaring your horse so that he would go faster so that you could get where you are right now at this exact time I was the one who put all these things in motion and I was the one who when you were a baby pushed the boat that you were in so that you would come up to the land the port, the place of the man that you would call father. Lion, the lion representing God, said, look, I have put all these things in place. But I want us to go back and look at this line where he says that he is one who has waited long for you to speak. I'm reminded of how God is patient. How God is in charge. We see it in the times of Noah that God did not want people to perish, but 
People made their own decisions. People made up their minds that they weren't going to follow God. And God took this, this remnant of a family, this remnant of just eight people, Noah, his three sons, Noah's wife, the three sons' wives. He took this remnant and protected them when the flood came. God was in charge and God was patient. I'm reminded also of 2 Peter 3 verse 9 where it specifically tells us that the Lord is slow concerning his promise. Sorry, the, the, the Lord is not slow concerning his promise as some would consider slowness. But instead, it tells us that he is patient with us because he does not want anyone to perish. He's waiting for us. He's waiting for us to speak. He's, he's waiting for us in a couple ways here. He's waiting for us to, to just, as this character did, just, just put it all out there. God, this is going wrong. This is going wrong. This, I, I don't understand this. This looks like it's a huge mess. And he says, no, 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 no. What you don't understand is that everything that's happening in the background. I am putting things into motion. I am allowing to happen what happens. And I am allowing not what happens to not happen. And it's all part of who I am. But why? Why, why, why do we go through these times where it's harsh? Why do we go through these times where it just doesn't make sense? Why do we go through these times that, that no one likes? We don't understand the whole picture of what God is, is doing. Or why he's doing it. But I venture to say that it's because of a lesson that we are supposed to learn. It's because of his love for us that, that something needs to be tweaked. Something needs to be changed. I think it's because of what 2 Peter 3.9 says. That he's being patient because he does not want anyone to perish. But for all of us to come to a point of repentance... So maybe you're at that point where you consider yourself to be the most unlucky person. And God's saying, tell me your sorrows. Tell me your troubles. I've been waiting for you to speak. It's in that speaking, in, in us getting all that stuff out on the table, that God helps us to see the order. Wow. Ah. That's not unlucky. Because what you didn't understand is I was working on this. And I was putting this into place. And when this was going on, here's what I was doing in the background so that when you came out of that situation, you were ready to jump in to this piece that I had for you all along. And all of these events have brought you to a place 
where you did not perish and where you came and you asked for repentance. So you're not unlucky. You're not unfortunate. If anything, we are very fortunate that he waits for us because he does not want us to perish. So I challenge you. Look at your situation. Look at your surroundings. Look at what's going on. It's okay to ask God, what's going on? It's okay to ask him. And I guarantee that in the asking, we'll find some of an answer. We'll find that he has been patient with us because he's waiting for us to, to, to seek repentance and forgiveness because he does not want us to perish. And that might be having to get something right with someone, or it might be having to get something right with God. So he is not slow concerning his promise. Some count slowness. But he is patient with us because he does not want anyone to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Alma Vanguard podcast. For more information on Daniel or this ministry, visit us at onthevanguard.com. There you will find other teachings, books, and an invitation to send in your prayer request. We pray that you have been blessed today.